0: hello and welcome just a note to apologize for the quality the sound is a bit muffled and um, i've processed it to try and improve that quality for you so bear with me and something i've not done for a while i'd like to dedicate this episode to jail Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire labourers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the labourers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last, the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Now, O Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with the love for yourself. Lord Jesus. Amen. Life isn't fair. Praise God. These are the words of an older gentleman who I'll call Joe, who trusted Christ and gave his life to him just a few days before he died from cancer. Maybe much like the good thief who was dying with Jesus on the cross and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Today, I promise you, you will be with me in paradise. Now, as we go through the Gospel of Matthew, we see as the conflict between Jesus and his opponents grows, and as the time for his sacrifice comes nearer, Jesus gives some challenging statements that kind of shock his listeners. And they may shock us too. When some parents try to bring their little children to Jesus to bless them, the disciples thought that you know, the great master maybe shouldn't be bothered with them. And so they told the parents, you know, go away. But Jesus rebuked them, and he said, No, let the little children come to me, for to such as these the kingdom of God belongs. Now the scribes and the Pharisees didn't see it that way. They thought that heaven belonged to them because of their religious efforts and because of their positions in society. But Jesus says, no, be like little children. Trust and just go with the flow. Then Jesus was approached by a man who, we're told, was the rich young ruler. He wanted to know what he must do to inherit eternal life. And he'd fully kept the law from his youth. But Jesus told this rich young ruler to sell all that he owned and give to the poor. Now, that was too high a price to pay for him. And so the rich young ruler went away, sorrowful. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and he pointed out how hard it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When their love and their trust is in their wealth. And he said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter heaven. The disciples were shocked because in those days they thought that wealth was a blessing from God and poverty was a punishment. And so if God was rewarding you already with wealth, then maybe your position in heaven was secure. In our society today, we greatly admire people who are are very wealthy, don't we? Jesus then went on to tell the parable that is our text for today. So this landowner needed to hire labourers to work in his fields. And this is a continuation, by the way, of all the teaching that Jesus has given in recent weeks in our Gospel about what the Kingdom of God is like, and it's a truly an amazing uh, place. So he goes off to the labour pool and he hires these people, and he agrees to pay them the standard wage, which is a denarius a day. Now he needs more help, so he makes several more trips and he hires these additional workers. But to these workers, he doesn't give a specific commitment of a denarius a day. He doesn't say them, what he's going to pay them. He just says, he'll do whatever is right. And they kind of take that on trust, don't they? The last group of workers was hired just one hour before the end of the working day. Now, in those days, the workers have paid for their labors at the end of the day. And when it came to time to pay, the landowner begins with those workers who'd labored only in the final hour. Somewhat unusual, possibly. And everyone was amazed when they saw those workers were given a full day's pay for only one hour's work. I'd be a bit shocked, wouldn't you? But you can imagine how people's minds will be working at that point. they would be thinking, well, I've worked two hours, I'm going to get two days' pay. And then the others might be thinking, I might be getting about eight hours, eight days' pay. This could be really good. But the parable deals only with the first and the last groups, echoing Jesus' words, the last will be first, and the first will be last. And it's those who are hired first who protest when they're paid their normal wage, even though this is the payment that was agreed. So it's not so much that they've been cheated by being paid less than the rates that had been agreed, they were paid what was been agreed, But it's just the last group were paid much more than them. And so you can hear them grumbling, you know, it's not fair, it's not fair. And the thing that really angered them maybe was that, I don't know, maybe it was the landowner's generosity and his grace. Maybe that upset them. They were angry that while they worked hard for what they got, the late workers got the same amount, the same reward for very little work. And maybe the angry workers represent those who thought that salvation, being saved by God, going to heaven, came to those who worked the hardest, who kept the law the best. But the Bible makes it very clear that no one can work hard enough, or long enough, to earn eternal life. We're just, through what's happened in life and through the fall, we've just turned so far away from God, we can't make up that enormous gap between us. That's why we need someone, Jesus, to save us. Paul, for example, he makes it very clear in Romans, he says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can't save ourselves. And that's kind of really good news. I don't know about you, but i feel very burdened if I was the one that had to save myself. I know I wouldn't be up to the mark. Um, it's, it's a bit like maybe if you can imagine if you were trying to lift yourself up by your own bootstraps, isn't it? You know, it can't be done. So it's only by grace, as we sang in Amazing Grace, that we can be saved. Um, and this agra- Amazing Grace is available to us only through the sacrifice which Jesus made when he died for us on the cross at Calvary. He sacrificed Himself, so that we wouldn't have to um, suffer and die in pain forever. And so eternal life, which begins now, and we turn to Him, is a gift. It's God's grace. That's the meaning of the word grace. It's a gift. It can't be earned, but it can be received as a gift, like a little child. We can simply say, yes, I'm going to live in the kingdom of God, follow Jesus, turn to him, trust him with my life and serve him then for the rest of my life. It's that little step. And that's what this parable is meant to convey, the wonder and the glory of the Kingdom of God that Jesus offers us so freely and so generously. And it's not the righteous, the ones who doing good all the time. At least least it's not those who do the most good deeds and who fill their hearts maybe with, you know, they feel kind of okay about themselves. It's the sinners and those who know that they deserve nothing, they know they deserve nothing, but they open their hearts and their minds and their souls to gladly receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ in a childlike way like little children. They trust, don't they, little children? My granddaughter, you know, she'll throw herself at me. And she trusts that I'm just going to grab her and scoop her up. She's got no fear, no doubt that I'll do that. The thief who said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In his final hour, the publican who beat his breast and said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. These are the examples held up to us. And it's not just the first who get to heaven, but also the last who get there by grace through faith. How blessed was Joe that I mentioned at the beginning? Joe was, in reality, one of the last, in the sense that he came to faith literally in the last hours of his life. And he was kind of glad when he said, life's unfair, praise God because he knew he'd experienced. And the grace of God given freely to last minutes, of which you will have picked up by now in my ministry in this church. I can be sometimes, but I'm working on it. The grace of God given freely to last minutes should remind us all that God's purpose in saving us is that we should live happily with him forever in heaven and a life of purpose and meaning now on earth. Now some of us <clears throat> will know that salvation almost from the cradle, and will freely offer our lives back in love and loving service of the one who whose own son gave his own son, that we might have life, life in all its fullness, leading to eternal life. It's not slavery or servitude doing that, it's a response and loving cooperation co with the aim of saving and getting in those who will come after us, but who we want to share the very same reward. We want to share the same reward. God saved the good thief and Joe by grace through the work that Jesus accomplished on the cross. And I'm really struck in this Gospel when Jesus asked, Why are you standing idle here all day? And they said to him, because no one's hired us. It's never too late. People are waiting to be asked. And you might be waiting to receive that invitation today, in which case I ask you, join the Jesus team. We can rejoice with people that eternal life is not fair, that it is instead much more than fair. It's beyond fair. It's freely offered to all who accept by God's gracious, loving invitation, even if it is at the last minute. I'm sure many of us have friends and family members, good people that we love. We would love to make that choice. Maybe there are others that we know are truly seeking God but haven't found Him yet. Don't be afraid to ask them to make that invitation, just to take that little step so that maybe they can take their little step towards God because they're waiting on you. So let's thank God in our Eucharist today that life isn't fair, the Kingdom of God isn't fair, but that he keeps coming and looking later and later in the day and with the same wages as it were on offer. Not money, but adoption, belonging, sonship, or daughtership if you prefer, the joy of being ransomed, healed, restored and forgiven, and living face to face with God in all his glory. Amen. Thanks for listening to TowerPod. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like it, please subscribe and share with a friend. Have a good week and see you next time. God bless.